What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and Happy New Year. Happy 2019 to each and every one of you. This is the first episode of the new year. And in this episode, I speak about Bumping Mics on Netflix, which is a hilarious three half-hour episodes of David Tell and Jeff Ross cracking on each other on stage and doing crowd work. I also speak about watching the movie Bird Box, watching UFC 232, and finally, I talk about my newly renovated, revamped for the new year website which, as you all know, is spuntoday.com. But first, a word on how you can help keep the Spun Today lights on. For those of you that are new to the podcast, there's a couple ways you can help support. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting platform. Another way you can help support the podcast is by shopping on Amazon. But instead of going to Amazon.com, go to SpunToday.com and click on the Affiliate Links tab on my website. There you'll see an Amazon banner. Click that and it'll take you to Amazon.com. There you'll do your shopping like you normally do and it will not cost you anything extra. But it will help support the podcast just for driving traffic to their website. Bumping mics was a very interesting concept for a show. Think uh, three nights, consecutive nights of stand-up comedy. It was either a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Of not long form, like a a set or even a workout set of stand-up comedy. But David Tell, the consummate comics comic... I would say on every comedy fan's top 20 of all time, on every comedy fan's top 10 or top 5 working comics today, coupled with Jeff Ross, who is a hilarious comic, the Roastmaster General himself, the all those uh, Comedy Central shows, the, the roasts, Comedy Central roasts, were like Bruce Willis and Trump and... Martha Stewart and countless others. Um, he's, uh, I believe, that format, that uh, show, the Comedy Central World show, is his show in terms of of uh, creation. I think I want to say he is. He's definitely a prominent writer on those shows, not just for himself. And he's on every every dais, but and dais is like the stage of the people, of uh, the person being roasted and the comics and celebrities and friends and whomever else is roasting the guest of honor, whatever they call him, uh, aka the person being roasted. I believe that's his show, but he, at the very least, um, is on all of them and writes for other folks, like other celebrities and stuff like that, that aren't uh, comedians themselves. But roasting is definitely like his niche thing. Anyway, these guys uh, go on stage three consecutive nights in a row, like rag on each other and like crack jokes on each other, and it's kind of like a tit for tat type of thing to give each other uh, kudos, aka bumping mics. They bump physically bump their mics, like you know, acknowledging that was a good one. You got me. That was a good zinger. And these are two top tier comics in their prime going at it and you just see uh like one their camaraderie and their how well they work off one another but their savvy and their how quick they are how fast each of them is and how clever they are on the spot like that it's it's pretty uncanny they also do a lot of crowd work and they have a lot of uh, fellow comics came out uh, for this uh, three-day event, and you see people like Nikki Glaser and Amy Schumer and Hassan Minaj and Gilbert Gottfried, Bob Saget, and a bunch of others. And in between like sets 
like they'll do like the the Thursday set and then but um after that they they're like in Washington Square Park just them two shooting the shit you know kind of like interview format um being asked like a question or two uh then you see like the Friday show and then in between that show they're like at a diner eating roast beef sandwiches and you see a clip of them like in the green room and all, all of these uh, they have, like cool outtakes like that and each set takes place at the comedy cellar the iconic comedy cellar here in new york city which is known for um being the go-to spot for comics to like work out their sets and by work out their sets i mean like work on uh new material it's like the comedy store of the East Coast. Like on a Idol Tuesday, you can see Jerry Seinfeld go in for 20 minutes and work out a few new jokes that he has. Or Chris Rock or Amy Schumer, David Tell, obviously Jeff Ross. And it's actually one of the clubs that I haven't been to. I'm saddened to say. I'm shamefaced to say. It's like cursed for me or something. I planned a couple times with my wife to go, and each time that we did, um, plans fell through. I don't remember why. And um, also planned on going there with a couple coworkers in the past. Same shit happened. Plans got canceled last minute. But it's definitely a bucket list spot that I want to check out. What else? It's just funny, man. It's 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 each episode is half hour long, so it's not like a. Uh, you know, huge undertaking for you guys to watch the series. It's only three episodes, so in an hour and a half, you knock out the entire thing, which is just a little longer than, a, a, you know, standard full comedy hour. And you can be cracking up and laughing your ass off, like, throughout the whole thing also. So the format being a little bit different than what you're used to definitely does not take away from the quality of what you watch a show like this for, which is the laughs. I really laughed a lot watching it, and uh, hopefully you will too. It's available on Netflix. Again, it's called Bumping Mics. It's super funny. Two of the greatest comics to ever do it. And by it, I mean comedy. And you folks should check it out. Next up, Bird Box. I missed a lot of the the hype of Bird Box. Like, I didn't get it. Like, I saw a lot of, like, the memes and shit like that online and stuff like that. And I didn't, it, like, kind of, like, went over my head. Like, I, it was like, I know something's out that people are, like, buzzing about. You know, whether it be positive or negative, whatever. I don't know, it just went over my head. And I wasn't, like, paying too much attention to it. Until I saw this one meme that said, it was a picture of Sandra Bullock next to a picture of Michael Jackson. And somebody tweeted, yo, the lady from Bird Box looks a lot like Michael Jackson. Which, whatever, kind of funny. Um, And in those two photographs, they actually did look pretty similar. (laughs) But... What got me is the there was like a uh like a quote tweet, like a reply to that tweet or whatever, or like a retweet with a comment or I don't know like what you call that exactly, but the that person said, How old am I that Sandra Bullock is known as quote the lady from Bird Box? <laughs> and I found that like really funny. Um and I was thinking like the same shit, like, yo, for real. That's nuts. Sandra Bullock is, like, one of the dopest actresses. And to be known as that, it's like, fuck. We are getting old. Um, But, yeah, but then... I guess I started, like, zeroing in more on the fact that Bird Box was a movie. And it was on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. Then uh, my sister-in-law was talking about it, that she saw it and she liked it. And my brother-in-law also. And... Um, I watched it and, uh, I know a lot of people were comparing it to a quiet place. They were saying it's like that type of movie. And I kind of get the comparison 
in that you know it's a dystopian future catastrophic world ending event uh type of shit going on but i fucking hated a quiet place like i really didn't like it um i I know i spoke about in a previous episode of the podcast so if you're interested in my in-depth thoughts on a quiet place feel free to go check it out a quiet place i would give i would raise it one more notch um from my previous i guess review of it just because and i didn't i didn't catch this until my my wife told me uh the other day because like i told you guys in a like an episode or two ago i started watching the wire uh not the wire uh the office for the first time which i had never seen she mentioned to me while we were watching a quiet place that the main guy the father is uh somebody from the office but i had never seen the office so i was just like whatever you know i didn't literally didn't mean anything to me and when i started watching the office i didn't make that connection because i guess like the beard or whatever that he has in a quiet place and does not have in the office but uh she told me the other day again she was like see um um, that's the guy i was telling you uh jim from the office that's in a quiet place i was like oh shit that's nuts it like blew my mind a little bit and jim's uh hilarious on the office and one of the like uh, most likable characters on on the show, so just on the strength of that, it made me like a quiet place a bit more, just uh, because of the like the range of acting. Um, but yeah, back to Bird Box because I still thought a quiet place was not complete dog shit, but. Yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> All right, uh, Bird Box. Aside from those similarities, which there's dozens, probably hundreds of movies, you know, similar to that, you know, dystopian futures where the world is ending type of shit. So to say that this is a, uh, just like biting off of a quiet place, it's like, uh, I guess, but it's probably, you're probably just saying that more so based on the recency like the recency effect, like this A Quiet Place just came out, like last year or the year before, Bird Box just came out now, about like War of the Worlds or World War Z or whatever. Anyway, so in Bird Box, spoiler alert, by the way, if you guys haven't listened to previous episodes of the Spons Today podcast, when I do review uh, movies or shows or whatever, like I usually like speak about scenes from them and uh, spoil shit for you guys so if you haven't watched it yet and you want to i would recommend skipping ahead a few minutes in case i do spoil shit for you but the basic the the synopsis of the movie is that some shit starts happening in russia somewhere across across the globe and you know people there's there it's on the news and it's on the news as like mass suicides and like thousands of people are committing suicide and um they do not know what to attribute it to and sandra bullock is the uh, main protagonist and she's pregnant and she um is at the hospital you know getting a checkup and her sister meets her there and um they're leaving the hospital and Sandra Bullock sees like this freaky look um in some woman's eyes and the woman starts like just banging her head against the wall and she starts like bleeding but she seems like she's a fucking zombie or something she's just like banging her head against the glass and then she Sandra Bullock kind of sort of like freaks out but she runs out because her sister was like in the car waiting for her she went to get the car and um sandra bullock notices that a car like crashed and then she noticed like a couple other people like around her like acting oddly similar but like getting into accidents or like hurting themselves and she gets in the car and she tells her sister go 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 and whatever's happened what's happening in russia it's happening here now just go and while they're driving you know within a few blocks they see like other cars like slamming into each other and running red lights and being reckless and 
shit hit the fan, basically. Her sister is driving and sees something. This is where, like, the big uh, similarity, I guess, is between Bird Vox and A Quiet Place is that in A Quiet Place, the premise is you can't make noise. You got to keep quiet. If not, these monsters eat you. In Bird Box, it's you can't, um, instead of playing off the sensation of sound, of hearing, they play off of the sense of sight. And you can't look at these things that we, as the audience, don't see either. We can't see, but we see when people do see the thing. And they find it, like, glorious and stay looking at it. And they're, like, hypnotized by it. And soon after, like, stab themselves in the neck or jump off of a building or jump in front of a bus or whatever. And they commit suicide, basically. Which is where the whole narrative of mass suicides came from when they were reporting it on the news. So, long story shorter, um, everybody in the mother is dying. They start catching on to, you know, Sandra Bullock uh, congregates with some um, strangers, pretty much. Um, like, a handful of strangers are uh, wind up uh, being in this house. And little Rel is in it, which is cool um, and funny. You know, he's he's always good in, in stuff that he's in. MGK is in it. Machine Gun Kelly is in it for a bit. Uh, who else? Uh, the dude from Moonlight, the main character from Moonlight. I don't know his name. Uh, he was in it as well. He's one of the main characters. Like, uh, winds up being like a love interest of, of Sandra Bullock. There's like this, uh, mean old white dude in it that reminded me of, uh, Schilling from, or Schillinger from Oz, the, uh, HBO, uh, prison show. I don't know if you, if you guys ever watched that, but that too that character reminded me of and it was a it was a pretty dope cast a pretty uh well put together uh, ensemble i thought uh two little kids that are in it are adorable the little girl just looks like uh like a human cupcake or something so they pretty much catch on to the fact um that uh, the suicides and deaths and stuff happen when they start uh, looking at these things that people keep looking at so whenever they go someplace, they got to go blindfolded to avoid uh, uh, seeing these things. And they like black out all the windows and uh, cover all the windows with like newspaper and paint and shit like that. And it was really suspenseful, like throughout the whole thing. That's what I found like one of the the uh, biggest differences were between A Quiet Place and this is that the suspense for me for my taste for my liking wasn't like ramped up it wasn't built up um in a quiet place like a quiet place was uh a lot slower paced i felt which i guess added to uh the lackluster suspense um where it's bird box i thought did a, a much better job of delivering in that they figure out along the way that uh, crazy people or people that have like mental illness issues, uh, they see the thing that, you know, is making everybody commit suicide. They, they're able to like see it, but it doesn't kill them. Or rather it doesn't make them kill themselves. And probably because they're like fucked up in the head and whatever. So these people wind up instead of dying they wind up being like uh like friendlies or familiars to that thing and trying to infiltrate other people that are hiding you know because you know they come off as normal um but they're actually crazy and have the ultimate goal of exposing these people to that thing that they're otherwise you know not trying to look at then at the end, it's they're um, saved by uh, getting together with this. Um, they had like these walkie-talkies, uh, as they do in like these types of, of movies where people like try to communicate with anybody that's out there. Hello, are you out there? Type of thing, and they catch uh, a signal one day, and 
it's from a group of people that are, uh, I guess, like down south somewhere from where they are. And they have to like go like white water rafting type of shit to like get there. Sandra Bullock winds up uh, doing that with uh, the two kids. And she gets to this place, you know, obviously has like some trouble along the way to ramp, which ramps again, ramps up the uh, suspense and uh but ultimately makes it and these people it's a house for the blind and which kind of makes sense like they're not you know they're good people and they're not affected by this entity that is making people commit suicide that are able to see it and um it's like a like a shitload of people and they're like protected in there and that's pretty much how the movie ends but i thought it was like a, a touch more uh, realistic than a quiet place as well not that movies have to be realistic because it's a movie like you watch a movie because for that purpose to like to suspend disbelief and immerse yourself in the world that the writers and actors and director created for you that's the literally the purpose of it but it helps when the world that is created has certain consistencies uh throughout it which for me was the fact that you know not being able to like look or see in certain areas is seems more doable than not being able to make a sound in any area ever especially when you factor in like children and and stuff like that it's it made more sense within the rules of the world that was created but yeah, I definitely recommend watching it. It's a Netflix original, which is another reason why it's why it's dope. I I love seeing these uh Netflix original content shows and movies as well as uh Prime original shows and movies and YouTube original uh shows. I don't think they have a movie on YouTube, maybe they do, but not any that uh, I've seen. But just these like alternative media outlets and platforms that are doing doing it at a high level. It's uh, pretty dope to, to see. Next up is UFC 232. It was a dope card to watch. A... Turned out to be better than I thought it would be the card. I would say one, two, three, four, five. I was initially just looking forward to the the uh main event and the co main event. And honestly the main event I don't know, there was something I was looking forward to it, but I was looking more forward to the co main event than the main event. And the main event is John Jones versus Alexander uh Gustafsson. Part two, the co-main event was Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. But there was a couple of surprising uh, good fights. The other three fights on the main card, Chad Mendes and Alexander Volkanovsky uh, turned out to be dope. Uh, surprising uh, KO finish by Alexander. And uh, Chad Mendes, I heard, I haven't verified this myself, but... Um, uh, a coworker of mine who's uh, pretty into uh, MMA and and uh, watches all these fights as well uh, told me that uh, Chad Mendes has since uh, announced his retirement. I know he's been teetering on uh, on retirement, so it's believable. And uh, but it kind of sucks because he looked really good in his last fight, uh, his fight before this one. But I know he's like branched off and he started like some sort of like hunting company or something like that and. You know, he's involved with the, uh, he's from, like, Team Alpha Male, and, you know, he's involved in, in like, that gym. Um, you know, hats off to him. He's uh, He was a dope fighter. Definitely, like, those that are in the know, like the Brendan Schaubs and Rogans and uh, Dana White, um, you know, always say that when a fighter is contemplating uh, uh, retirement, you know, when he's, like, one foot in, one foot out type of thing, they should definitely just retire and... Uh, apparently 
he is in that camp. So hats off to Chad Mendes. Then the Corey Anderson fight. Uh, Corey Anderson won by decision. Corey Anderson versus uh, Elir Latifi. And that one was was an okay fight. I, it wasn't bad. It wasn't like anything like too special, but it, it wasn't like a snooze fest either. And that was pretty cool. Um, the very impressive Michael Chiesa versus uh, Carlos Condit fight wound up being a uh, surprisingly dope fight to watch. Chiesa came up from 155 to 170. And 170 is definitely his weight class. Unless this is like a one-time fluke type of thing, he looked great at 170. Like, he looked like contender status at 170. Uh, Michael Chiesa, for those of you that don't know, he was um, most recently in in the news because of the, the whole incident when Conor McGregor like threw the dolly at the bus that Khabib Nurmagomedov was in. Uh, Chiesa was the guy sitting next to the window who had, like, shards of glass, like, cut his eye and his face and shit like that, and he's, like, suing Connor for, like, millions. And he's that guy. Um, before that, he was uh, uh, another fighter on the roster at 155. And um, he... I don't remember if he was, like, an Ultimate Fighter winner or... Just like one of the guys on there that wanted getting a contract or what, but he wasn't. I don't know. He was he was a known name, but not like the standout uh, fighter in my opinion. Uh, but at one seventy, he looked awesome. You know, he there doesn't have to do much of a weight cut if at all at one seventy, and he looked great. And he was going against Carlos Condit, which Carlos Condit uh, was one of my favorite fighters. At one point, when he actually fought GSP for the title uh, years ago, a couple years ago, a few years ago, um, I, I was actually rooting for Condit and against GSP, which is one of like the greatest ever. Um, but I don't know, I like really like Condit, and I'm you know a huge GSP fan as well. But I was rooting for Condit, and I remember Condit actually dropped him, dropped GSP. Um, I don't know if it was, like, the first or the second round, but then, you know, GSP, uh, I don't remember if it was, like, Saved by the Bell or if he just, uh, like, got out of it after he was, like, clipped and, like, dazed a bit. Um, But wound up, uh, obviously, uh, winning and retaining his belt. And he is, I would say, past his prime, Carlos Condit, but definitely still a high-level fighter. And uh, like Chiesa said in his uh, post-fight interview, uh, Carlos Condit is still someone that uh, can win a fight anytime he's in there um, against anyone, any opponent that he has. And, you know, he's just had uh, a bit of a streak of of losses. I don't know if it's like three or five losses or something like that. Um, most recently, or four or something. Yeah, I just looked it up. Uh, uh, five losses in a row. His last win was against uh, Tiago Alves, and that was in May of 2015. So it's been a minute. Five losses in a row. I would say he's probably uh, approaching uh, retirement um, with that uh, bad streak. But again, he still, he looked, Carlos looked great like in the fight. He just got caught and submitted in the second round uh, by Michael Chiesa. And um, that was a surprisingly dope fight to watch. Then the co-main event did not disappoint. And for those of you that don't know, Chris Cyborg is or was always spoken about as being like the most feared woman on the planet. Like she is cock diesel. She could probably fuck up guys. Um, they say that, you know, like, uh, sparring, she has like male sparring partners because there's no like women that like match up to her really. And that she's like accidentally knocked out a couple of them in training. You know, I don't know if how much of that is like hype and talk, you know, just to like build her up, but it's definitely believable. She has a very, I don't want to say manly physique because I don't want to be like disrespectful in that way, but is definitely like one of these like brolic like cut like bodybuilder looking ladies and um uh 
Amanda Nunes, and she's uh, a champion, right? Obviously, she was uh, someone that uh, when Ronda Rousey was in her heyday, everybody wanted to fight, wanted them to like fight, but she was uh, too big for Ronda Rousey, and that was like Ronda's argument always, saying that you know she's a champion. Why should she have to like go up to fight this uh, uh, this lady, Chris Cyborg, who has like so much hype behind her? Blah blah blah. And um, everybody pretty much said that it was because Ronda was scared, but she kind of has a point too, right? Why is she gonna like gain twenty pounds to go like fight someone that is, you know, not a champion or whatever? You know, she was. G- but she did say that she would fight Chris Cyborg if Chris Cyborg went down to uh, 135. But she just couldn't make that weight cut. She cuts weight now to get down to 145, which is where this fight took place. Against Amanda Nunes, which is the 135-pound champion. And Amanda Nunes took on the challenge of going up in weight from 135 to 145. And fighting the bigger Chris Cyborg. Uh, champion versus champion uh amanda nunez is the person that knocked out ronda rousey uh, or uh, tko'd uh ronda rousey in her return fight um when ronda came back after her first loss against holly home came back and she fought amanda nunez after amanda nunez also um took out holly home and uh misha tate amanda nunez is a dope fighter has heavy hands, but again, is going up against this most feared woman on the planet. And the way I expected this fight to go, and most of the pundits uh, in the MMA community as well, was that Chris Cyborg was just going to run through her and knock her out or TKO out her the way she does the vast majority of all her other opponents. Like she hasn't had a loss. Um, uh, prior to this fight spoiler alert and i was definitely rooting for amanda nunez but i also f- i just felt that you know chris Cyborg is such a beast that she would like go through her but if anybody stood a chance it would be amanda nunez she is probably her most formidable opponent to date and uh, i was definitely rooting for her and i was stunned amazed and happy when amanda nunez wound up going through chris cyborg the way everybody expected chris cyborg to go through amanda nunez in 51 seconds of the first round amanda nunez knocked chris cyborg out cold she clipped her and uh you know broke it down strategically after in her post-fight interview and in the uh uh, in in the octagon and her post fight interview uh, press conference and uh, mapped out how their uh, training plan uh, was, which was to kick out the lead leg of Chris Cyborg and um, and catch her with an overhand right, um, which she because she leaves her left a little bit low when she throws it, and. She said it it worked exactly as expected, exactly as uh, they trained, and and it's pretty dope to see that type of like planning, preparation, and execution, and you know having it actually work, um, must be like an exhilarating, uh, a dope uh, feeling. And this fight for for another reason was was. I was rooting for Amanda Nunes and, and must have been that much more vindicating for her because Ronda Rousey has always been like the darling of the women's MMA community, right? She's a Hall of Famer, can never take anything away from her. She built the women's MMA um, to what it uh, eventually became. And women's MMA was women's MMA because of Ronda Rousey, because of the fame and excitement and and everything that surrounded ronda rousey and all the hype when she was like beating every single chick that she fought within seconds you know they were saying that she was the, the mike tyson of, of women's mma and every opponent she had she would arm bar and she would do it within seconds the only one that uh 
uh, gave her some comp was Misha Tate, and even she got on arm barred uh, both times, I think. Um, but she lasted like one more round than than anyone else. I don't know, whatever. She was always like the uh, golden child of women's MMA. Um, so after being uh, knocked out by Holly Holm, when she got kicked in the head uh, for her first loss, and she took this like long hiatus and kind of like uh, went on this like sore loser like type of kick. At least, uh, at least that's how most people like portrayed her. She came back to fight Amanda Nunes, and the hype behind that fight was Ronda Rousey's return, and uh, Ronda Rousey's coming back for her belt, and like all the hype and the posters and the promotion was all behind the darling Ronda Rousey. Um, she was the one that like put asses in seats, and and she was the the UFC machines prodigal daughter has returned type shit, right? But it was kind of fucked up because Amanda Nunes in that time had uh, become the champion, had uh, defeated uh, Holly Holm, had defended it against Misha Tate um, or the other way around. And she was the champion and she was getting kind of like shit on by the promotion because it was like foregone conclusion that Ronda Rousey is going to come back and win and the whole Holly Holm kick was a lucky kick fluke type of thing and she never should have lost and etc cetera, etc cetera. and Amanda Nunes just fucking TKO'd her on her feet um when she came back so that was kind of like a, a fuck you to the promotion and then you know since then has also defended um her belt uh once or twice and now fought Chris Cyborg, where everybody again uh, pit her as the the underdog, and this just like solidified it for her. Like baddest woman on the planet, Amanda Nunes beat Holly Holm, beat Misha Tate, beat Ronda Rousey, beat Chris Cyborg. First female in MMA. UFC MMA history to be a double champ, champ, champ at 135 and 145. She has a dope story. She's uh, an openly gay woman. She's her her fiance or wife is uh, also an MMA fighter. She's like a, a big sweetheart. She's from uh, Brazil. And hopefully now with this victory, the UFC realizes uh, what they have in her, and if they don't, to be honest, they have, like, no choice to. Then the main event, John Bones Jones versus Alexander Gustafsson. And Alexander, uh, well, John Jones is known as being the greatest fighter of all time. The conversation always swirled around between him and Mighty Mouse, but... Mighty Mouse it was a 125-pounder uh, in uh, the UFC. He's the one that was just traded in that uh, historic trade to another organization, 1FC, uh, for Ben Askren. After uh, uh, his uh, loss to Henry Cejudo. Uh, but the conversation was always between them two. And, you know, GSP's up there. Anderson Silver's up there, and like in the conversations of who was the best MMA fighter ever in history, uh, John Jones is uh, always like in that conversation. He is also someone that has like questionable and controversial habits outside of the octagon that include, um, you know, being popped for like cocaine use and. Um, he was in a, uh, not hit and run, but what do you call it? Um, he was in a car accident and fled the scene. Um, and was seen, uh, coming back. Uh, uh, they like caught it on video coming back and, uh, going into the car and, um, he removed the, he had, a like a pipe or, or like a bong or, uh, some shit he had like weed in the car or something like that so he ran back for that and then bounced and um 
the accident was with a pregnant woman. And just like, like she looked at, he got popped for cocaine a couple times. He, uh, pissed hot. Um, but for a very low dose of some, uh, performance enhancing drug, uh, steroid that was said to be so, uh, he got suspended for it also, but it was said to be so small that it wasn't like performance enhancing, like it couldn't like enhance his performance. Um, they say that it's from um like some cocaine is cut up with uh creatine and this particular type of enhancement or or pd that he had in his system was uh one that's commonly found in creatine and they think that you know since he does coke and um and since it was such a a low uh, like a trace amount of the substance that it must have been um, via coke use and the creatine that was used to cut it up and then right before this fight he wound up pissing hot again and there's this whole uh, conversation and research uh, being done in the world of performance enhancing drugs and those that are responsible for doing uh, drug testing, not just with the uh, Nevada and California State Athletic Commissions, but also uh, WADA and USADA, USADA, that are the premier uh, drug enforcement agencies across sports. And uh, John Jones, as you know, his his response uh, to it happening this time. Um, has pretty much been that, you know, it's a, a developing thing and he's uh, pretty much being like the guinea pig uh, for um, these scientists and uh, drug testing organizations to figure out what the hell it is that's in his system um, because it's uh, something called a, a picto, pictogram and which is described as being like one grain of salt cut up 40,000 times and that's the amount of the substance that he had in his body which has a shelf life of like seven years so it's it's not necessarily something new that was introduced to his body it could very well be the same thing that he had in it before when they attributed to uh like creatine that was used to uh, chop up his coke and um it's like such a controversial ongoing thing that they you know didn't call off the fight this time they let him fight you know testing is just continuing to be done after the fact you know when the news came out uh gustafson had had uh the option of opting out of the fight and he chose not so he chose to like move forward with it and um so there's kind of like this this cloud um, over John Jones, even though he is still regarded as being one of the best ever, if not the best uh, fighter ever. And it was so it was kind of exciting to watch this fight because it was a rematch of the person that almost beat John Jones once when Alexander Gustafsson and John Jones fought for the first time. It was a very, very razor-sharp split decision that John Jones wound up winning, but that every single person that watched that fight said it it was a coin flip. could have gone either way. Like, they exchanged back and forth, back and forth throughout the entire fight. Um, Gustafson had, like, the first couple rounds. John maybe had, like, the third and some of the fourth, and then... Um, it was just like a close fight throughout and then John like hit the gas in the fifth round and people think that's what won over the judges but they were both uh like the, in the hospital afterwards and they took a picture together and they're both like completely lumped up it was like a like an iconic picture after uh the time period of that first fight and it was like all over online stuff like that in the MMA community and 
um so it was a rematch of of that of the person that gave john jones uh run for his money and for the first fight though uh john admittedly was uh little partying like the week before you know doing coke drinking stuff like that didn't uh take the fight seriously and still pulled off a win but there was always that doubt of you know was it really that or was it that gustafson just like has his number type of thing and then we saw like in this fight that uh john won like handily in the third round um a tko victory where you know John Jones' fights, he's usually like the, for the first and sometimes the second round, sometimes like one and a half rounds. Um, he's like filling out the, the opponent and like getting his range down. And then after that, he, it's like almost as if he like downloads the other person's like movements and then like capitalizes. And he did that in this fight. And he got Gustafson down to the ground just like pinned his arm and just like fucked him up gustafson was like couldn't move but yeah it's uh it's uh sucks that he has like that asterisk um on his name uh hopefully if he did not do uh any wrong he's uh, vindicated somehow um with the testing that's ongoing and the investigations and shit but we'll see time will tell with that and last but not least, folks, the Spun Today website has been revamped, so you guys should definitely check it out. My old website was, I use Squarespace to uh, build my own website, right? I love Squarespace. It's like out of the box, dope and easy to use, and you guys can uh, actually like build a website completely for free, like without um, like being charged and having to like give your credit card info and all that jazz and stuff like that so you can see exactly how your website's gonna look not like a version of and like pay for it and then it'll look something like this but you could like literally build a website and then choose to like buy it or not and it's a very reasonable pricing there's like promo codes out there so you get discounts you get a, like a free domain name and uh it's like less than 100 bucks like for the entire year if you know about websites you know you can like custom you know customize shit like all you want like with your own html codes and stuff like that or there's like tons of templates to like choose from and um that come like ready out the box and you can like tweak certain things um on those templates as well to like make them more to your liking which is what i do because uh, i don't know like coding and html and like shit like that but for like the tweaking and stuff like that, it's like very user friendly. It's like, you know, you click on a box that you want to change the color of and pick the color that you want to do, change it to. And, um, you know, you can insert a block of a uh, video that you want to insert and then copy and paste the, the link to YouTube thing in, in a designated box. And then uh, it creates a nice looking like a uh, video icon thing for you and, You'll see it. You, uh, check it out. If you want to like build a website, definitely check out Squarespace. Yeah, I recommend it. Uh, but for other things, like I said, you kind of sort of like learn as you go too. Like, for example, like with my like affiliate links and stuff like that, I kind of have to figure out like where to insert the HTML codes and like grab the HTML codes from uh, the banner building um, affiliate link sites and knowing like where to put them in within my site so they can like pop up on every page or just on certain pages and um, change the sizing and and a lot of that is like learn as you go and but you know i'm no like computer science wizard or anything like that so uh, if i could figure that type of shit out you can too but again that's that's like if you want to go like a level deeper you can literally just take the out the box uh, stuff slap your name on it and boom you got a website uh but i decided to to uh switch it up a bit because my old website i had i guess uh almost four years already and i didn't change much on it in those four years like i would you know update it obviously with like new content all the time but in terms of 
uh, aesthetically and like visually how it looked. Uh, it wasn't changing uh, much or if anything on it. And I was, I don't know, like getting bored with it. It, it also didn't seem after a while uh, looking at it objectively like a site where somebody lands on it and like they want to look around. Whereas I think, I think, and it, it could just be because it's like new to me. Um, but I think I achieved that with the layout of the new website. Um, when you get to it, right on the landing page, you know what it's about, um, which you didn't necessarily get from my old site. Cause I just had like a, a dope, uh, picture that I took like as the background and you kind of sort of had to like click on the different like, navigation buttons to figure out like, you know, what is this site? Um, but this one, it kind of, it's kind of like in your face in a nice aesthetically pleasing way. And, uh, right on the landing page, you have a free writing option to go check out some free writing. You have the podcast option, uh, to go check out the podcast and you have a short stories option to go check out short stories. Then you have the smaller navigation buttons where, um, you have all of those things, but you also have like uh, photography and books and, uh, subscribe if you want to subscribe to the midday monday boost letter which you definitely all should um you have my ode to podcast section and my questionnaire which is always open to any writers or creatives to check out and fill out and pretty much what it is is just like five open-ended questions so that you can uh, talk about your craft and then i read your answers here on the sponsor day podcast in a future episode so definitely check it out uh, then you have my affiliate links and my other stuff tab. You have all my social media links up at the top. And I really like the way, like when you scroll down on the site, you have like in the background my, um, I guess what you would call, it sounds pretentious as fuck, but like you're on brand. Like I made the site on brand, quote unquote, meaning that my YouTube is matching my website, is matching my Twitter, etc. Whereas before, like there wasn't like much like continuity between the th the three, and that's not a good thing. Now, if you go on my YouTube page, the uh, YouTube banner that I that I created, I have that as kind of like this background um, image to my website. Uh, so you have the consistency there, and it's also the same on my Twitter. So if somebody's on any of the platforms, they know that it's my platform. They see like that consistency. And when I created it for um, my YouTube banner, I was actually like pretty proud of it. I think I told you guys about that when I did that some time ago. Then you scroll down further, and you see my three most recent tweets for my Twitter, and then it gives you like the option to like follow me on there. And it gives you my eight most recent posts on Instagram. And then we at the bottom an Amazon banner that you can click on. It's a, an affiliate link. Uh, you can click on if you want to go shop on Amazon. And it helps support the podcast without costing you anything extra if you choose to do that. And um, yeah, I think just aesthetically, I just think it looks better. And we'll uh, hopefully keep you more engaged when you actually go on the site. Uh, I also did like some more like pragmatic things to the site where if you go into like each section, each section is, is set up to be able to take more content. Um, like the books section, uh, the Ode to Podcast section, the free writing, the podcast, it's all more in block form in blog form rather as opposed to like separate pages which just from a practical standpoint allows you to add more uh content within the same navigation without having to like upgrade to a more expensive site or more expensive uh plan within squarespace called like a business plan and uh, i'm just happy with how it came out so definitely check it out it is, of course, spuntoday.com. All my short stories that I thought were worth sharing are on here. 
Um, the podcast uh, section is more built out in terms of like the episode notes, like the, if there's ever like any uh, links that I mention, or for example, like everything I spoke about today, like bumping mics and um, David Tell and Jeff Frost and Bird Box, etc. Uh, in there, you'll find like direct links to either the bumping mics. Uh, trailer on netflix on netflix site or david tell and jeff ross's twitter uh the bird box trailer ufc uh 232 uh links uh links to my website uh the outro music that you listen to uh in this and all episodes uh i'll always link to the youtube uh, music video version or just a uh, some youtube version of the song if they don't have an actual music video this week's, for example, uh, you guys should check it out. Check out the actual music video uh, for Dollhouse by Melanie Martinez. Um, it's a pretty dope, creative music video. So, yeah, you have that. You have all my free writing posts. Check out the photography section if you're into photography and you want to see the type of photography feed that I'm into, which is more like landscape. My book which I offer for you guys, my listeners, for free at um, under the books uh, column there, or link rather. Uh, just drop in your email address, and you will get a free copy in the format of your choice of Make Way For You, which is a collection of tips for getting out of your own way. If you want to subscribe to the Midday Monday Boost Letter, just click on the subscribe button. The questionnaire I mentioned to you guys before. The affiliate links are just a bunch of different ways you can help support the Sponsor Day podcast. All of which I'll get into in the outro later. And yeah, uh, check it out. I'm proud of the website. And I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy it for at least the uh, next four years or so when I get sick of it again and decide to switch it all up. And that is the episode, folks, episode 117 of the Spun Today podcast, the first episode kicking off the year of 2019. Thank you very much for listening. receive a short email from me once a week you know that feeling you have on a monday at work when you have absolutely nothing to look forward to except for lunch have no fear the midday monday boost letter is here in this short weekly newsletter you will receive five things one is a photograph of the week from a photographer a podcast of the week i listen to tons of podcasts dozens and dozens of podcasts hundreds of episodes and I cherry pick the best ones and I share them with you here. You'll also receive a video of the week, which could be anything from a rap battle to a TED talk. You receive a quote of the week, something to let marinate in your mind and a word of the week so that you and I can both step up our vocab. So if any of that sounds of interest to you, check it out. Check out the subscribe page at spuntray.com forward slash subscribe. Drop in your email address and you'll receive the very next one.
for any writers or creatives out there, I have a questionnaire. It's a five question questionnaire that anyone is free to fill out. It's located at spuntray.com forward slash questionnaire. And what it is, is five open-ended questions related to your craft. It's things like what inspires you to write or create whenever you don't feel the inspiration to do so. What are your favorite apps or tools or tricks to trick yourself into getting into the mind state of actually creating? What inspires you, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. And what I do with your responses is share them on a future episode of the podcast. Now you can choose to remain anonymous if you choose to. You have that option right there when you fill out the questionnaire. And if you do not choose to remain anonymous, I give you a shout out on the podcast and promote for free whatever it is that you have going on. So I appreciate you in advance for sharing that with me, as well as the rest of the listeners of the Today podcast, which would stand to gain from you filling out the questionnaire. Now, you can help support the podcast in a myriad of ways. One way which does not cost you anything and is most popular within the podcasting community is by shopping on Amazon using my affiliate links banner. So the way that works is you go to spontaneity.com forward slash affiliate links or just click on the affiliate links tab at the top center of the page. And there you will see a banner for Amazon. You literally just click on that and it takes you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It does not cost you anything extra, but Amazon will give me a kickback just for driving traffic to their website. So that would be a big help. It literally costs you nothing extra financially, just costs you a couple of extra clicks of your mouse before you do your Amazon shopping. The iTunes banner that's on that same page works the same way. So if you're purchasing music or movies or whatever it is on iTunes, feel free to go through my affiliate link portal there as well. If you want to make a one-time PayPal donation, feel free to do so. There's a PayPal donation button on there as well. Within that same tab, you'll also find a link to the Spun Today Viral Style store. Now, the Viral Style store is a store where you can get Spun Today merch, whether it's a coffee mug or a t-shirt that I personally designed. And spoiler alert, I'm no... I'm no Ralph Lauren or, you know, whoever designs Gucci stuff, (laughs) but I did create the design of those shirts myself. I have a couple t-shirts on there. One that says, for example, right need every day, which is a play off of Snoop, Dre and Nate Dogg's smoke weed every day. So it's right need every day with like a puff cloud of smoke behind it. I have a podcast versus everybody t-shirt and uh, just stuff like that. So check it out. The link to the viral style store is also there. You can also help support the podcast on a reoccurring basis if you become a Patreon supporter. Now, Patreon is pretty cool and it there's a little um, video explanation of what it is and how it works, but I'll try to do my best to summarize it here. Basically, you sign on to Patreon, which is a free service for your account, and you can support not just myself, but any other uh, podcasters or creatives that also have Patreon pages. And you can choose to, for example, donate a dollar to them on a per episode basis. So the Spun Today podcast has two uh, episodes a month. So if you donate a dollar to it, it'll be two dollars a month, basically. And you set it up and it just happens automatically on a reoccurring basis. There are zero fees. You can cancel at any time. No hassle, no bullshit. And it's uh, it's a cool way to help support and is much appreciated. And also, it's not just like a, for example, uh, a PayPal donation, which is just that. But through Patreon, it allows the creator, in this case being myself, to set up a reward system, if you will. So... If you donate a dollar per episode, you are considered a tier one supporter. If you donate $3 per episode, you are a second tier supporter, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes up to four tiers. And each tier gets different things. Like uh, tier one gets a free Spun Today bookmark and a shout out on the podcast. Tier three gets, uh, gets those two things from tier one as well as... A free writing piece that's not posted on on my website or available to anyone else, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
So check that out if you will. And uh, visit my Patreon page at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash spun today. Another great, amazing way to help support the podcast is to rate and review it. This costs you absolutely nothing. Whether you listen on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Player FM, on Google Play, on YouTube, on Tumblr, or if you listen on Podbay or any other of your favorite podcast apps, please rate and review the episode. It really is the number one way to help the show gain traction, gain exposure. You know, you could also share it with friends and family and tell them, yo, check out what this idiot is saying. Some of it is actually pretty good. Or it all fucking sucks and you should listen and laugh. But as long as you're listening, <laughs> it would be much appreciated. So rate and review the podcast wherever it is that you listen. Follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Spun Today. Like the Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. Subscribe to my YouTube page as well. All podcast episodes are available on YouTube as well as clipped versions for example with the random rant episodes you know i speak about a bunch of different topics instead of having the full episode alone which is also available on youtube but you also have snippets of the different topics broken up into more digestible chunks so check that out you can also support by checking out my book make way for you tips for getting out of your own way it's a quick short read if you're looking for some inspiration and motivation and you can find out more about it at spuntray.com forward slash books. There you'll find a video of me telling you all how the book came to fruition, as well as a couple of audio excerpts. If you're interested, you can purchase it wherever books are sold. Kindle, iBooks, Kobo, in ebook or paperback format, which you can find on Amazon. Also, for being a Spun Today listener, I can also send you a free copy Right there on that same landing page at sponsor.com forward slash books. Drop in your email address at the bottom of the page and I'll shoot you over a copy in the format of your choice. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks again for checking out this episode. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. <laughs>